Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Ravens fans? We are going to have some fun today talking about an absolute beatdown by the Baltimore Ravens on the Detroit Lions in Week 7, man. Oh, goodness, that was fun. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox, and we are the Believe in Ravens podcast. Wilcox. Look, I mean, it's not that we, you know, didn't call it, that we didn't both believe in the Ravens in this game, but I don't know that we thought they were just going to absolutely dismantle Detroit on both sides of the football. Absolutely. I I definitely didn't see this happening. I mean, I I thought it was going to be a Raven win, hands down. I I called it, you know, but I I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. And I, I mean, at the same time, I'm considering the Indianapolis Colts lost, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost. And I know we're still kind of working out some kinks. I did say that this is our this is like the second regular season game for us because we didn't have a preseason. So those first four games was like preseason games. And then that week before was the first was the first week of our season for us. And we're starting to click now. This is week two for us. And this started to look like to me, we, we clicked a little bit this week. And it, I mean, to be honest with you, the Pittsburgh game, I think we was we was clicking in. We just dropped so many freaking balls, man. If you get all those catches and touchdowns that was dropped back, which never happens in the National Football League, everything is caught. You throw it, it pretty much caught. I mean, to see that many drops on you know one team, you know, with with four or five multiple guys dropping balls, that's kind of unheard of, man. So I mean, you kind of put Lamar in a bad spot that that week, that Pittsburgh week, and Pittsburgh got lucky. They got blessed, man. They had the Pittsburgh football guys right there on their shoulders, uh-huh. and it helped them out big time, Kyrie. I know how you feel about that. And it's like, deal with the devil, you know? Yeah, man. And, and and I think that that's the thing when it comes to rivalry games, you know, whether it's the AFC North, NFC North, you know, just whatever. Sometimes you can throw, you, you could throw what you expect out the window. Like, for example, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but who thought the Patriots were going to come in there one in five and beat the Buffalo Bills? Who had that one on the card? Because I didn't. I thought that was going to be a mess and it wasn't, they, they game planned it up. They, mm-hmm. you know, physical game and they, they beat a team that honestly, they probably had no business beating given what they are right now. But, you know, I, I, I think you get that those two teams together later in the year. Maybe that's, that's a, a slightly different story. Once the Ravens yeah. are clicking at a hundred percent, but, but look, I, I want to just, we talked about that. I, I mentioned this, that I thought this was going to be a great test for the Ravens in terms of, okay, now you're facing a five and one team, one mm-hmm. of the teams in the league. And I feel like that usually brings out the best of the Baltimore Ravens. And it brought out, I mean, the very best really on, on, on both sides of the ball, especially Lamar Jackson. I mean, let's just start with him. He was, he was literally almost perfect. Yeah, I mean, going into this game, everybody was claiming that Detroit was the best team in the league right now, and I think the Ravens saw all those interviews. They they had plenty of locker locker room um, posting material to kind of get fueled up for this game, man. And uh, it, it to me, they came in prepared. We had a better game plan. We knew exactly who the Detroit Lions were. We did not sleep on them. You heard our veterans playing and said, man, this is probably one of the best teams we played against all year. And we was up for the challenge. You know, unfortunately, Detroit didn't get up for the challenge the way we did. Um, I, I'm, sometimes that happens. You know, you, you sleep sometimes and you think oh, this team lost to Pittsburgh. Oh, man, we know we got them. Nah, it's not the same team that played Pittsburgh this week, buddy. 
you know, you got the real Baltimore Ravens, the play like a Ravens team. And those guys came out there fired up and ready to play, man. And the game plan, you know, on offense was phenomenal. The game plan on defense was phenomenal. I mean, they almost pitched a shutout on defense. And it was it was a great game, man, all the way around. And I just – I love to see Lamar, you know, at his best. And I, I mean, he's sitting in the pocket so much this year. He's yeah. so, so patient. And I don't know what clicked or what was said or if he spent the entire offseason working on that. Because a lot of times that's what it is. Like you, you, you try to figure out what your weaknesses are, and in the off season you spend the entire off season working on that. Now let's not forget that this whole off season was spent talking about Lamar's contract. You know he didn't even yeah. report to camp early. You know he didn't report to camp on time. All that type of stuff. I mean it was, it was a complete like debacle. You know all this off season, everybody's talking about what's going on in the front office in Baltimore. Why haven't we paid Lamar? And now now people are thinking that Lamar wasn't coming back to Baltimore. This is the same guy. It's crazy what a couple of months do and how things change in a couple of months. And all of a sudden, people are talking about the Ravens may be the best team in the um, NFL again. And, you know, I've been saying that, you know, for the longest, man, with this, on, on paper, you know, this is this is the squad. And we've been that team for the last five or six years, but just due to injuries, we couldn't get over the hump. And this is one of the first times that we've kind of been, you know, kind of healthy, I guess you can say. Losing J.K. Dobbins the first game of the year don't really make you feel like you're 100% healthy. But yeah, the fact the fact that we are playing with a lot of our top guys on the field and they're healthy and we're able to play, we just got Marlon Humphreys back, we got Mark Andrews back fully healthy. I mean, I, I think we're looking like a team that I always knew was a contender and always knew was a Super Bowl champion caliber team. It's going to come down to chemistry and whether or not we can we can stay consistent. You know, it's this this whole thing is like having a, a you know a girlfriend that's wishy washy. You know, if she's wishy washy, you know this relationship ain't gonna last. But if she's consistent, you're like, yeah, I got me one. And I think I think the Ravens will do a phenomenal job. You know, this season last week, two weeks ago against Pittsburgh, they was inconsistent. Didn't play well. They didn't play well the Indianapolis Colts game. That was inconsistency. You know, but when they play well like this. They, you make they make you feel like they can beat anybody in the league, and we just have to continue to try to stay physical and remember exactly who we are and, and how we built this franchise. I mean, let, let's get into some numbers real fast. I mean, Lamar Talk Jackson, numbers. let's go. Talk those numbers, Kyrie. Let's Lamar Jackson, twenty-one to twenty-seven passing, three hundred and fifty-seven yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, passing. <laughs> Yeah, three passing touchdowns and one rushing. Right, he had he had a rushing touchdown. His passer rating was one fifty five point eight. So I mean, like, is that it, good? One fifty five point eight. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like literally <laughs> almost perfect. You know, and uh, I got I got I got to tell you, I got to see if I can if I can pull this up. There's um, yeah. So so I think I think I could pull this up. There's this tweet that I saw earlier today that I just feel like encapsulates it. Where it's like, dear NFL fans, if you're playing the Ravens and you see Lamar Jackson looking like this in the pocket, just know you're about to be pissed with what happens next. <laughs> That's a good picture. It's it's so true because look, if you if you see this man just completely unbothered in the pocket, you're like, yep, this is about to this is about to go really poorly for my team. Yeah. And it, I mean, he he was looking like that in his own end zone like there there was there was one yeah. play that I, I mean it tells you everything you need to know about where lamar jackson is right now he's in his own end zone he's got a free rusher coming at him unblocked mm-hmm. i mean he might have got chipped or something like that just screaming in his face he didn't even didn't, didn't didn't look his way at all 
and just delivers a dime down the field. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's he's he's operating at a really, really high level right now. And then on top of that, I mean, you had three pass catchers over 60 yards receiving. I mean, you had Gus Edwards get the one for 80 yards, which I don't know if you watch much uh, JTO Sullivan. You know, yeah. there are a lot of guys that do quarterback breakdowns and he just did one on Lamar Jackson. I mean, JT's probably my favorite one. There are other guys who I also think do a good job, but I feel like JT's so uncompromising in in, in just like if, if he's if he thinks like a receiver is not getting it done or the off offensive line is not getting it done, or even if the defense is lousy and that's what you know, the play is happening, or quarterback should have thrown the ball here. He's like, look, man, ball's got to go right here. And he's just like Lamar is just like he, he's just ad-libbing greatness. Like that, that Gus Edwards play, he's just like breaking the pocket. Everybody's so terrified of him. He's just like, okay, Gus, just here, take this and and, and just go, right? And uh, I mean, it's hard to, to think of the narrative with Lamar Jackson for so long has been, oh, yeah, well, keep him in the pocket and see if he can win you games. I'm not so, so sure that he can. You know, if you make him a if you make him a runner, like, I don't know if they can win like that. And then people started doing the whole, well, I don't know if the Ravens can win if he's not running the football. You know, he's, he's sitting he's sitting in the pocket now. It's like, is, is it bad that he's not running? I don't know. Did did that look bad to you? Because that looked pretty good to me. I mean, he's he's passing the ball. He's always been a good passer. I, I feel like people, I, I think people really got it twisted with Lamar Jackson because of what he could do running the football. He's never been a bad passer, right? There have been times where he's needed improvement. He's never been awful. But now he's one of the best passers in the league, and it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's always been phenomenal. He's never really been a bad passer ever. I mean, he showed that at Louisville. He was throwing the ball all over the field in Louisville, and people still ignored it. I mean, the man won the Heisman in Louisville. It wasn't just because he ran the ball. It was because he threw the heck out of the ball as well. So, I mean, he's he been a good passer even through the old offensive scheme they had with the OOC. He still threw the ball extremely well. He had some good breakout games with some super, super high PBR ratings and stuff like that. And, I mean, that he's he's a phenomenal passer. I mean, he has great touch on the ball. It's a tight spiral. It's an easy ball to catch. And he puts the ball – he's fairly accurate with almost every single throw where he puts the ball exactly where it needs to be, where only his receiver can get it. And he, he got three interceptions on the year right now. But if you go back and look at – some of those interceptions that he had, you know, those ain't even some of those ain't even his fault. You know, at least two of those are not his fault. You know, so it's kind of hard to even look at the interception, you know, having the three interceptions right now. But he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, completion percentage is 71 percent. And that's with the Pittsburgh game with 45 drops. You know, the Pittsburgh game, all his drops came in one game, you know, but that goes against his completion rating, you know, as well. You know, it's not yeah. like he's not putting the ball in perfect spots. It's hitting the guys right in the hand, you know, right where it's supposed to. And he's putting the ball right there exactly how he should as a QB, you know, but people are going to hate, you know, he's the only quarterback. Well, he's one of the only quarterbacks that I've ever seen that gets, you know, disrespected because he's an athlete. He's so athletic and so electric as an athlete. They actually hate on him because he's that athletic. And I've been saying for years now, I said, man, you know, you sit here, you're upset that Lamar hasn't thrown over 400 yards in a game, but he's rushing for 150 yards throwing for another 300 yards. If you put those two together, that's 450 yards average a game. Yeah. 
So you get you punishing him because some of his yards came up with his legs instead of his arm. Like that's and, crazy and, to me. And the, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. A yard is a yard is a yard. A touchdown is a touchdown. And right, I think people will will frame it a certain way. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's not sustainable because if you keep on running so much, you'll get hurt. And it's like, yes, there's the possibility that that could happen, but there's also the possibility, like basically every other injury in Lamar Jackson's career, you get jumped on on a freak play in the pocket, and then and then you're out for the rest of the season. Okay, you can you can get hurt stepping the wrong way on an on an NFL field. You know, and so I, I I think that there's just this idea, the aesthetic of what Lamar Jackson plays like and what other athletic quarterbacks play like. Yes, there are certain things you need to do to operate at a high level as an NFL quarterback in a in a passing league that you know is meant to take advantage of passing. I get that. Lamar Jackson's doing that stuff. He's been doing that. But I think there are a lot of people out there that Lamar Jackson offends the way that they view football and the way that they think football should be played. And if Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl or wins Super Bowls, plural, then that is going to force a lot of people to reevaluate everything they thought about football. And they don't want to do that. Yeah, well, I tell you what, man, I, I really I hate the fact that people hate on this kid as much as he does. He's still one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league to this day. And, you know, he's been in the league for five years already. It's crazy. He's still only, what, 25, 26 years old, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, it's it's like being mad at Steph Curry for shooting threes when all the other point guards before him was passing the ball. You know, they was all dishing it off, dishing it off, dishing it off. Now Steph Curry comes and changes the entire game by shooting three-pointers and scoring all these points. And then people jump on the bad wagon after the fact. You yeah, know, well, but, people, people talk about, oh, did Steph ruin the game? Because he's taking – that he's taking all these shots that only he can make. I'm actually watching Steph right now. And it's like, and, and, and it's like, what are you talking about? You're mad that this dude is great, that he that he's doing things that only like he and maybe one other person, like Dame Lillard or something that could do at a high level all the time. You you think that ruins the game? No, that's not his fault. Okay. Just because just because everybody else can't do that, that's not on him. You got to play the way that you can play and be great the way that you can be great. People thought Michael Jordan ruined the game because he because he was so athletic and he was jumping over people and dunking. It's like it's not Michael Jordan's fault. You can't do that. Stop trying to do that. If you can't do it, play the game that you're supposed to play the, the way that you are supposed to play. Lamar Jackson is playing football. I mean, he's been doing it for for a while. He's playing the game at a high level, at a great level, the way that he can play. Okay, he's not trying to play like Patrick Mahomes. He's not trying to play like, I don't know, Joe Burrow or whatever great pocket passer that just kind of mostly chills back there and, and whatever. Yeah. He, he's, he, he can be great playing like Lamar Jackson. And it's frustrating. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. frustrating when people can't appreciate greatness because they're so stuck in the dogmatic view of the way they look at football. I mean, just enjoy greatness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well said, Kyrie. Just enjoy greatness. You're watching greatness right before your eyes. Just appreciate what you're seeing and understand what you're seeing. Um, I'm sitting here looking at some of the stats from 2019. And right now through week seven, he played 15 games in 2019, his MVP year. And um, he's at seven games right now in the regular season. Um, he only had 
401 attempts in 2019 and 265 completions. And this year he has, you know, um, 200 attempts with 142 completions already. Um, his completion, his completion rate, he, he um, I mean, he, he completed 265 total passes to 142 right now. And uh, his percentage was 66.1 in his MVP year. And his percentage is 71 right now. And he yeah. passed for 31-27 that year. And now he's at 16-10 right now in seven games. And then he averaged 7.8 that year. And he's at eight right now average. Um, his longest was 83. He already got an 80-yarder already this year. He had 36 touchdowns in 15 games. Then he already has eight right now in seven. And then he, he threw for six interceptions that whole year. This year he has three already. Um so I mean he's he's had already he's he's already having an explosive year, you know, by the stats of his MVP season. And look like to me, he's gonna definitely double. I mean, if you just take the numbers right now at attempts, if you double that in another seven games, that'll be four hundred. He was at four hundred and one and fifteen. So in another seven games and fourteen, he'll be at four hundred. So he'd be one shy of of attempts if he stay on the same path that he is right now. And he's already on track to almost double the completion percentage and stuff like that. And the yardage already that he had that year at 16 and, and 31, 27, 1600 and 31, 27. So, I mean, he's, yeah. um he's doing some special things already and he's doing it a different way than we're normally, than we normally see it. And I, I think it's going to be a great season as they continue to put together this offense and this offense start to gel and start to click together and everybody gets on the same page. And you got to keep in mind, you know, he just got OBJ. He just got Zay Flowers. He just got Nelson Aguilar. Already had Bateman. Already had Duvernay. And um, so he got a whole new receiving core that he's throwing to right now. Already had Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. So he's getting to know all these guys. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, like Kohler, I feel like Kohler, the third tight end, could be a starter on anybody's team in the league right now. He's our third screen guy. Don't even get a chance to touch the field right now because, um, because we're just that dynamic at receiver. You know, and then you see my boy 42, Patrick. You know, I love to see him, man. Like every time he get the ball in his hand, I love to see a big 300-pounder out there running that ball and running that rock like that, man. So I love to see him get involved. When Ricard get involved, I think it changes the dynamic of our game because he punishes people. You got to remember this was a yeah. starting defensive lineman and a starting fullback for the Ravens, and now he's playing like this hybrid H-back position for us, and he gets a chance to catch the ball out of the backfield, running out of the backfield, and still go punish people blocking. And You know, it ain't every day you get a 300-pound fullback. They get to run up in there and smack some people. So you talking about banging some of these little linebackers, these little fast, quick linebackers around right now? They're going to be jumping out of the way of that three hundred pound D tackle coming right at them, full speed. Yeah. Don't nobody want none of that. And and as Ooh. as somebody who didn't mind getting dirty when it came to tackling as a defensive mm -hmm. back back in the day, yeah. come on, man, I'm not trying to do that either. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, it, it's like it's like how about linebackers? Go ahead, you 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 get your first licks on him, slow him down a little bit. I'll try to chop his legs or whatever. But man, like I'm not like like one on one. I'm just trying not to get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, before we we move on from the offense, I mean, the running game is I, I, you're starting to get, I think, a little bit of, of rhythm for not just Gus Edwards, who you know I think he's he's filled in admirably. But then Justice Hill, I feel like he continually brings some juice to the equation. And we got our boy Keaton Mitchell, his first NFL touch. And whoa, he was he was moving. He was moving. <laughs> I, I want I want to see I want to see more of this. Um, but I think it was it was just an all around balanced football game offensively. 
And then, dude, defensively, listen, Jared Goff, has it, he's played legitimately good football since being with the Detroit Lions. I, I feel like they've unlocked the some of the best in him with you know Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. They, I mean, they don't have maybe elite weapons, but they have solid weapons, you know, with, with Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta, guys that we talked about, but they made Jared Goff's life hell on Sunday. And it's, it's the kind of thing that I saw against, I saw up close with Goff against New England last year. So I saw the, the Patriots play Jared Goff and and the Lions and, you know, I want to say it was week five last season and they and that was Bailey Zappi's first start with the uh with the New England Patriots and so the Patriots didn't even necessarily do a whole lot offensively I mean they had 29 points but some of that came off of a scoop and score defensively and then it was like a bunch of field goals and one offensive touchdown so a decent game from the Detroit Lions offense might have done something but they got shut out and they got shut out because they just harassed Jared Goff. He's the kind of guy that if you give him time, he he will find the right places to go with the football. He's he's accurate. He throws with anticipation. All the good things that you want to see from a quarterback. But once you make Jared Goff start moving around or you make you make the pocket really muddy around him, mm-hmm. he's got issues and they were all they were they were creating all kinds of problems for him. They sacked him 5 times. And I mean, you had multiple guys with like three pressures, four pressures. I mean, it was it was a steady barrage from every side. And it showed, I think, what this team, the the, the potential of this team on the back end, they've been locked down. But if they start generating pressure and and they're and they're just around the quarterbacks and, and start making them. Again, just move off the spot. Don't let them get comfortable. I mean, there's a reason this is. I mean, quite possibly the best defense in the league right now. Absolutely, man. They, they was firing on all cylinders Sunday, and it, it was fun to see, man. I mean, to me, that's what the Baltimore Ravens defense used to look like. They rattled quarterbacks, and they gave those quarterbacks hell week in and week out, and they took pride in getting pressure on them. And one of the things I heard heard the deep, heard one of the, um, the defensive guys say this week that reminded me so much of Rex Ryan. Rex, I love you, man. If you're out there listening, man, we I love you to death. Rex Ryan was – one of the, the dopest coaches ever in, in in the NFL as far as defensive coordinators and how he challenged the guys to be great. Every player on that defensive team has an opportunity to get to the quarterback. They have a play drawn up. They have a section of that cue card with their name on it, and it's a play for them. That's their opportunity to shine, their opportunity to get their highlights, and everybody's going to do their job to make sure that that player get a chance to, to ball on his play. And um, everybody numbers called and everybody's expecting you to go do your job on that play. And those guys did a heck of a job. I mean, Moulette did a great job getting to the QB as well. I was like, who the heck is number 10? Like, you know, where this kid come from? You know, and it's just to me, that's what you need to see. You know, like it's next man up all the time in this league. And you have to be prepared to be great at any moment, at any time when your numbers called. And that's what being prepared looks like when everybody when your backups are prepared. You know, shoot, Geno Stone, you know, leading the whole NFL in picks right now. I mean, come on, man. Like, he was a guy they was was thinking about what he was thinking about leaving and going somewhere else when they brought in Marcus Williams. And, you know, and and I I don't blame him. You know, at the end of the day, 
I'm glad he stayed, man. I like Gino. I think he's a heck of a player, man. And he, I hope he continue. I hope he, Gino, I'm wishing you and praying for your continued success in this league, man. And you continue to do great things. And I, I love to see the Baltimore Ravens getting those interceptions and picks again. Now, the only thing I'm going to do is challenge you is to pitch that thing back once or twice so that we can get it in the end zone every time. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, the, the Ed Reed philosophy till the end. And <laughs> look, man, you, so, so you, you, you brought this up. Right, the the unsung heroes here, Arthur Mallette playing this like kind of nickel safety, you know, kind of like, like third safety, you know, extra mm-hmm. DB kind of kind of role. He's everywhere, and he and was. I the the downhill play, like like first of all, I love the way he plays around the line of scrimmage. Um, Feels he's cool. made a couple of nice little like pass break. He's just just a competitive dude. I, I think that's the thing, right? Like. Uh, it, it sounds like a very generalist thing to say, but you can't have a defense this good without just having a couple of role players, you know, a couple of like bit players that just come in and fight you like hell, right? Any any football that's in the vicinity that they can get their hand on, they're getting a hand on it. A guy that that we talked about in the preseason, wondering if he would make the team because he had, he had good special teams value and then made a couple of plays in the passing games. Brandon Stevens. Okay. Brandon Stevens getting starts for the mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens at cornerback, you know, on the other side of Marlon yep. Humphrey. You know, Rocky Yassin, one of the he, he had the best defensive grade or, or the best coverage grade of, of anybody on the team this this past game. He continues to be a hell of a free agent ad for for you know, again, as like a you know, an auxiliary corner, you know, next to next to Marlon Humphrey. And and I mean Geno Stone being able to fill in when Kyle Hamilton goes out or when Marcus Williams is hurt. Just from from top to bottom, mm-hmm. there's just so much to be proud of with with this defense. And, and and again, a lot of it starts in the middle too because you have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen both playing at an absurdly high level. Like right. this, like they they're they're both playing at a Pro Bowl level right now. Um, they really they really are. They really, and, I think one has 71 tackles, the other one has like 58 right now. Patrick Queen has 58, and um, Roquan has 71 tackles right now. Patrick Queen got three and a half sacks to Roquan's one and a half. I mean, they're they're playing likes out at the linebacker spot. That's, I mean, that's what Raven linebackers always look like. Ravens and Steelers always had some of the best linebackers in the entire league, and these two guys are, are nothing short of great playing together side by side. And there's no, there's no Batman and Robin. There's like Batman and Superman. Or or Superman and and Flash Gordon or something. I don't know. It's like there's no yeah. sidekick. It's like two guys that are playing at an f- extremely high level, yes. and they running the show. They they back there punishing people, running all over the field, flying all over the place, and they are absolutely causing havoc all over the football field and disrupting things and making messing up timing all over the space. So I love seeing how fast these guys are and how motivated they both seem to play off each other and how excited they are for each other when they make plays. Absolutely. Now we talked, I mean, probably enough about just again, the, the beat down that Baltimore put on the lions from top to bottom. Now I want to talk about the next opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. We've touched on it a little bit here on paper. There's no reason the Baltimore shouldn't also yeah. beat the Cardinals down, but we've seen this a couple times already this year where it's like, oh, yeah, the Ravens should, you know, should beat this team, right? 
But I'm going to tell you that the Arizona Cardinals are not good right now in terms of record, right? They're, they're one, they're one in one in six right now, but they're scrappy. Okay. They're not going to roll over for you. I think that teams have started to figure some things out with, with their offense where maybe they were a little bit of surprised by Joshua Dobbs early in the year and the way that he was playing. Mm -hmm. And they, and they had James Connor who's now out. Um, and and that defense just playing hard, playing physical and aggressive under under new coach John not Jonathan Gannon, but I mean, look, we we, we figured you know okay the Colts yeah yeah the Ravens should should be able to beat this team right, and they they lose a bit of focus and they and they lose the game, should beat the Steelers right, tons of drops, lose focus, give up big plays at the end of the game, don't do it again with the Arizona Cardinals. Treat them the way you treated Detroit just yeah. now. Put them Don't, to bed. Right. Don't play down to your level of competition that no. you're playing. Play up. Always play up and then let them let them catch up if they're going to catch up. You know, but Joshua Dobbs is another Atlanta guy, QB, University of Tennessee grad. Um, He's a, you know, he's a heck of a football player, always have been. And he was a high recruit coming out of Georgia at high school and continued to do some great things. Let's not forget that they got Marquise Brown, our old first-round pick, at yeah. receiver, you know, he could definitely do some damage to you if you're not paying attention. Don't think he won't be up for this game. You know, because of him, we're we're definitely going to be up for this game on defense. You know, they, I mean, I'm sure those guys are kind of still feeling some kind of way that he actually wanted to get up out of here and not wait it out and see it through. He went back with his college quarterback out there with Kyler Murray, and now Kyler Murray's hurt. He didn't get a chance to play with the guy that he went to college with. But understandable so. But I'm sure there's some salty guys over there on the defensive side of the ball that can't wait to put their hands on his throat. And let's just see how that happens. I, I, I'm, I'm sure this will be a physical game. I don't see the Ravens turning down, you know, like turn down for what, right? That's what Lil John says. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's turn up right now and let's continue to to take this this high that we're on and take it right into this this Cardinals game and let's go punish these guys, man. Let's put let's hang seventy up so we can show everybody our quarterback is just as dope as the Miami's quarterback who's also leading the AFC on his side down in the AFC East. You know, um, the Dolphins down there, they're five and two, just like we're five and two right now. And that's good to be sitting at the top of the AFC North, you know, but the Jaguars are coming too. they five and two in the AFC South. And then the Chiefs, I mean, six and one in, in the West, you know. So, I mean, you got four teams that are any of those teams. I feel like it can go either way for us, man. And I would love to see the Ravens still find a way to come out on top through all this mess that's going to go on the rest of the season. And if this is a gift game, Let's treat it like a gift game, and let's let's go rack up some some stats and some points and some numbers and build some stats. Let's pass some stats for all our yeah. guys if these guys come not ready to play. But for some reason, I got a feeling that the Arizona Cardinals is up for this one. So let's see what happens. I mean, I think I think they're going to be up for anybody. Like I said, that that's a team that's not going to lay down for anybody. Yeah, everybody's I mean, up for us, though, Kyrie. Everybody, everybody, that, get up for the Baltimore well, yeah, Ravens because they because, know I what's mean, up. Baltimore Ravens are one of the best teams in the league. And yeah. and so when you get your shot at one of the best teams in the league, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And look, the, the AFC North as it, as it stands right now is, you know, the best division in football, the five and two Ravens atop of it. You've got the Steelers and Browns, both four and two and the Bengals who struggled out the gate. They're three mm-hmm. and three. Now they're 500. Don't sleep on the Bengals. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they, they've been here before with the slow starts and then they yeah. catch fire. You know, Joe Burrow's getting healthier. 
And, you know, right now they're probably about as healthy as, as they can be. Once, once they start clicking, that's going to be a team to watch out for as well. Do not see, you know, control of the division to that team. So yeah, I'm not worried about them. I think we already we still got some bones to pick with them from the last couple of years where we've been banged up and hurt and they mm -hmm. they kind of ran us up, ran it up on us. So I'm not worried about them at all. We won't sleep against the Bengals. We'll definitely oh, no, roll. No, of course, <clears throat> of course not. No, you you, you won't yeah. sleep against the Bengals. It's just no. a matter of you got, got to keep up this momentum, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Right. And that starts with a game like the Arizona Cardinals. Like we're not, we're not going to sit up there. We're not going to talk bad about the Cardinals. You know, we're not, we're not going to say like they're trash or nothing like that. We're, we're not, we're not going to mm -hmm. do that, but it's right. a team that you should beat. Honestly, though, if, if we're going to keep it real, every team on the schedule is a team that the Ravens should beat because they are that good. Absolutely. I agree with 100. I can't say, I can't say enough world. I mean, you can listen to me all day. You can listen to me every single week. We talk about this stuff all the time. Every last one of these teams is loaded with talent. They may not look good this week, may not look good next week, but they're yeah. all absolutely loaded with talent. And um, and it just takes any any given week for these guys to click, and all of a sudden they're up on your heels, and then they're shocking the world because they just blew you out by beating the number one team in the nation right now. So we got to be smart. We just got to continue to build upon this win that we just had, this great energy that we have right now. I love seeing these guys play together. They look like they're having fun. OBJ got in on the action this week. Love seeing him healthy back out there, man. Congratulations to him, man, overcoming all the yeah. injuries. Knock on wood. I pray that 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 bug is over with for him. and He's able to finish this entire season on a high note. And um, I just I love the energy that we're playing with right now. I knew this offense was going to start clicking at some point. I'm glad it's starting right now. You know, but it can continue to gradually grow as the season goes on for me. It doesn't need to peak right now. We could peak you know, somewhere around the end of November, middle of December, and I'll be extremely happy, you know, but I think we're going to be a great team and we're not going to stop climbing the ladder no matter what. I mean, I, I would say we're, you're not going to be a great team. It's, it's got all the makings of a great team right now. And I think the defense has been great. The defense has been really good. The offense has been sort of start and stop. But if what, if what we saw on Sunday, if that's the real Ravens offense, if that is, I, I mean, look, I mean, Lamar Jackson, we knew is capable of, of playing like that. So I, I'm not even going to sit up there and be like, if that's the real Lamar Jackson, like has been Lamar Jackson, he's been, <laughs> he's been capable of those kinds of games. He's shown us that before. Right. But if that is the, the Ravens offense and the kinds of thing that we can expect as, as the year goes on, that, Zay Flowers is going to be putting up 70 receiving yards a game. And you're going to be getting steady contributions in the run game. On top of what the defense is doing, I mean, that's dangerous stuff. And that is the kind of stuff that makes me – I mean, look, I said it before the year that I think th this, is, this is a Super Bowl contending caliber team that the Ravens have. I, I'm you know, not going to shy away from that probably for the rest of the year um, um, unless some injuries happen or, you know, uh, or, or they start really falling off. Like, I think this is a Super Bowl caliber team. And if if that's the Ravens offense and, and they put that defense up there against the Kansas City Chiefs and, and what have you, that is going to be one potentially one hell of a playoff matchup if they ever get there. I mean, that that's that that's what I'm looking at. You know, that that's the team that I'm looking at. Like, OK, that's the only team that can mess with you. 
when you're playing like that. Absolutely, man. I, I, I 100% agree like that. I mean, they're talking about the Ravens are going to be able to have to compete with that dynasty over in Kansas City, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and company, which is a, they definitely got a dynasty started already. Three Super Bowls, two wins already. I mean, it's going to be tough to kind of compete with those guys, but I think we got the squad to do it. We definitely got the quarterback to do it. He's explosive and he can beat you any week. And I tell you, anytime you got a quarterback as explosive as Lamar, you know, it make it elevates the entire team. It makes the receivers want to work harder to get open. It makes the O-linemen want to work harder to protect them. It makes the running back want to be explosive when they get the ball because yeah. they know they're going to have bigger holes and bigger lanes due to the fact that Lamar is back there and defense has got to be aware of his capability to take it and running as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it makes you motivated to get three and outs and try to get the ball back to that guy, put it back in his hands. Defense love watching offense play when they're clicking. You know, yeah. so they'll sit on the sideline and sit back there and have some real, real life conversations about how great the offense is and how great their quarterback is. And it's there's no greater feeling knowing that when you go sit down on defense, knowing that you're going to be over here for a while because your quarterback is that dope. So I'm glad to see I'm glad to see Lamar starting to click a little bit with these with these new wide receivers that he have and the new offensive scheme that he's learning right now for the first time. And it's going to be interesting to see how this season un- unveils. I'm, I'm excited to see the next game and the next game and the next game. I can't wait. To get Sundays can't get here fast enough. I, I used know. to be excited about going to church. Now I'm excited about watching Lamar Jackson and, and, and the Ravens every single Sunday. Absolutely. So am I. You know what? And and I think that's going to be starting with this week. Again, every there's no game on the schedule from here on out. And not that there was any game on the schedule before this. There's no mm-hmm. game on the schedule here on out that the Ravens should not be able to win. So can they take care of business like that? Are they going to go into every single game saying, okay, it's not just that we should win this game. We're going to win the game and play like that. If, if we, if we get that level of focus, Oh yeah, this is going to be a really fun season. It's going to be a really fun January yeah. and potentially February, but look, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's take it week by week. That's how we do things in the NFL. Let's well, start right, off with well, the well, well, before we go too far, Kyrie, you know, let me ask you, at the end of week seven, who do you think? Do you think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC right now? What do you think? I think you know, the, this stuff is all over the place now. It's all over the place on ESPN and all these other sports channels. So who do you think the best team right now in the AFC is? I think, so, I mean, with respect to Kansas City, Mm-hmm. being you know the 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 top record holding team at 6 and 1 i think the ravens are probably the most complete team in the afc and mm-hmm. i say that and and the and the K- kansas city along with baltimore has got a claim for being the best defense in the league right and casey's got patrick mahomes who is one of the the like the most singular quarterbacks that has ever played football Right. Yeah, ever. he's the next he's the next baby goat. He's the baby ever, goat right now in the league. Ever, 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 ever. And yeah. they've got Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league, especially the best pass catching tight end in the league. You can make arguments about other guys that are maybe more complete players and such, but there's no more dynamic pass catching tight end in the league than Travis Kelsey. After and that, he, and, though, he, and he has Taylor Swift. Yes. And I mean, look, every every game that Taylor Swift shows up to, he puts up 100 yards receiving. I mean, so there it is. Um, But but I think the the other part of this is Mm -hmm. 
after Travis Kelsey, what do you really have in terms of wide receivers? There's a lot of question marks there. You could you could maybe say the same about the Ravens, but I I, I feel like you got Mark Andrews, who's always been him and Lamar Jackson are automatic. Zay Flowers, I think, is better than any receiver, any wide receiver they've got on their team. I, I think Zay Flowers is already above any wide receiver that they've got. And then right. you have such a deep stable of guys that could potentially make plays after that. I mean, think about it, right? You got like for the Kansas City Chiefs, you got like, you know, Rashi Rice, you know, rookie receiver who's who's kind of coming into his own a little bit. You got like Sky Moore, Nicole Hardman, who I'm not trying to hate on Nicole Hardman, right? But yeah, he's a Georgia that, boy. That yeah, exactly. That's that's the kind of guy that you have aside from Travis Kelsey. Whereas on the Raven side of things, we're talking Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you know, Rashad he, he Bateman can make a play he, for you. Nelson Aguilar has been making plays for you. You got you got veteran pass catchers. I feel like with with Casey, it's a little bit more question marks. Running mm-hmm. game is probably comparable. I like Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> he. He he runs like he hates the ground, like he's just pissed off at it. The way he just be stomping on it. Very true. <laughs> I mean, it is it is so fun. But I mean, he's violent. He's physical. He's he's a good player, man. I feel like maybe you could give them a slight edge in the running game with, I guess, some of the injury stuff they've had. But I think the Ravens' running game is just fine. So I feel like I would give the Ravens a slight edge where those two teams are right now. And yeah. I mean, look, the Ravens didn't have the uh, the honor of uh, playing the Chicago Bears and being able to put up like 40 or 50 points on them. So we got we got to we got to take that into account. You do. You definitely do. I just saw that Lamar Jackson is now the highest graded quarterback in the league at a 90.8. Yeah. You know, that sounds that's pretty, that sounds about right. That's pretty that's per, that's per football pro focus. Football yeah, focus. I, I check out a lot of pro football focus and and I, I yeah. did see that. I mean, Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, I, I, I love looking at the numbers and like kind of the advanced stats. So, you know, pro football focus, right. You can quibble with some of their grades and how they come apart with process, but really what they're doing, they're, they're charting things. So it's not just about the production. It's like, okay, do we think the quarterback made the right play here? Do we think the quarterback, uh, you know, was at fault for this play that didn't go wrong. And basically what right. they're saying is Lamar Jackson is playing th- like the cleanest football out there, which is, right. I mean, when, when you're, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and, and, and some other young guys that are out there slinging like Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. And you got Lamar Jackson up there as the highest graded guy in the league. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, it's not even just that the efficiency numbers are off the chain too. They are right. Absolutely. And, and, and so, I mean, like he's, he's also producing, you put those two things together, it's not a stretch to say the dude is, might be the best quarterback, might be playing the best football right now. You get, I, I have no problem with just being like, like, like you know, just say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I'm fine with that. The guy is crazy. But in yeah. terms of who's playing the best football, you could make an argument and say that Lamar Jackson is up there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. I mean, that was a great breakdown, too, of who you thought was the best in, in, in the NFL right now, in AFC right now. Um, I I can't argue or complain with anything you said. You hit some very valid points. And um, I, it's going to be an interesting season, man. This this season is already starting to turn out pretty much exactly how I thought it would. Yeah. You know, I thought it was going to be an exciting season, an exciting year, and that's exactly what it is. It's been very extremely exciting so far for me, and I'm I'm, I'm getting all into it. I got to f- try to figure out how I'm gonna make this next 
Ravens game. I got to get up to Baltimore to see these yeah. guys live in action. Maybe I can get some sideline passes or something to go and watch these guys get it. You know, throughout the game. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. I mean, look, you do that. You know, we we gonna have some believe in Ravens sideline report. I'm gonna pull it up right here and 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 have have you on there live. Get Steve Bashotti on on uh, on the podcast. You know, get you know John what? Harbaugh on the podcast. Let's go. That's what, I, that's what I need to work on right now. I'm, I need to work on getting both of those guys on the podcast. I'll talk to John face to face. It's a little harder for him to say no when I'm right in my right in his face. There now, you know, Steve, I might be able to get Steve on the phone. He may do me a favor. Let's see if I can get him on this Believe in the Ravens podcast this year in 2023 with, with Kyrie Thompson, the one of the best analysis and sports mm. breakdown guys in the in the in the nation right now. Oh. Super, super excited, man. And um, this thing is going awesome so far, man. I, I appreciate you, Kyrie, for coming on with me and doing this stuff, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen this week with the Ravens and the Cardinals. Yes, sir. Look, it's a pleasure every single time we get to do this. And I love doing it up for all of y'all, the fans, everybody that downloads, everybody that listens. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Believe in Ravens is going to be on it. Thank you for listening. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox. And we will be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.